Was it like, oh my God, I'm gonna watch this movie 10,000 times now? But it's fine because I've lived through an age of terrible female-led superhero in action movies. And this wasn't that. I want to watch Resident This wasn't Catwoman. This wasn't Electra. This wasn't Supergirl. Catwoman was not that bad. You were just looking at Halle Berry's titties. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I I 100% agree with that statement. I take back what I said. Okay, so Wonder Woman. There they go, the clown and the two thugs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of The Geek Down. I am Pat B. In the house today, we have Shayna Shay. The Aboriginal Abbey. Howdy, howdy. The Effectutioner. We really understand ourselves. And an awesome, action-packed, fun-filled show lined up for you because we know ourselves and we know what we're about. What are we about? We're about Wonder Woman 1984. No, we're not. But we're talking Wonder (laughs) Woman 1984 today. This is the follow-up to the 2017 Wonder Woman cinematic film that kind of took the nation by storm. Not really many people expected much from it and then it blew us away. Does 84 do the same? We'll talk about it in just a minute and let you know. And then we are also talking about Disney Pixar's soul. I appreciate, and I know many of y'all do too, that Disney finally acknowledged Black people are a thing. Yes. And, and, and there was an actual human Black character the entire, entire time. Yes, not just a caricature, not just and a magical is Negro. turned into animals or some inanimate object in Disney movies. It's like, or crows. Mm-hmm. No, those were just crows. And the fact that right. one of them's name was Jim was far too much for me. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and they all spoke jive, but all done by white actors. Yep. Uh, hey, yeah, so, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> a different kind of jive, but yeah, no, you are absolutely right. Yeah, we're talking about soul. We're going to give you the inside stuff in just a few, but for right now, Shayna Shay, tell us about Wonder Woman 1984. Well, it's been some years since World War II has ended. And Diana has gone about her life living as Diana Prince, becoming a historic arts curator and living her life. You get a really blink if you miss a cameo from every person important to her from the first movie as they pan through her apartment and you see the pictures of them get older. And then you realize, you know, they've all since passed away because it's the 80s. It's been like 40 years. But it's it's been been 70 years. Yeah, it's World War One, not World War Two. So so they did. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting it's World War One because people rarely do World War One on pictures mm-hmm. up until recently. Which, but the bigger thing, which kind of sets up the whole um like theme of the movie, is the flashback you get of um Diana as a child on Themyscira participating I'll in like, the Olympics. Flashback, yeah, that was, it was dope. It was like warrior, apparently. <laughs> yo, you know what's messed up? I saw that. Like watching that scene, that initial uh, opening athletic competition. I thought, yo, this movie's gonna be tight. They got the effects going on. That we're seeing more with the Amazons. That yes, handle business. I'm in. And then we got like little to none of that for the rest of the movie. But I mean, well, I think I, I mean, back. like they, I, they just wanted to get it out of the way. I think, I like think they, they wanted, wanted to set up what the lesson was. Mm, yeah, the lesson's important, but I would have also liked to have seen just cinematically in the movie more of the Amazons, because uh, she can call on her, uh, she can call on her sisters, because uh, there have been yes. stories, there have been stories where other Amazons have entered into the world to help, to help sometimes to yes, other times. Yes, but that's not going on in this universe. We it's need not, it but I White. thought we would. I thought. Or I thought when Robin we saw White. more Amazons. <laughs> When we saw more Amazons, I thought we may get a cameo. At the, um, if not a we guest did. appearance, the, it, we, we, we did get a cameo, but it wasn't but we the cameo. We no, 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 no. That's not the cameo I'm talking about. I'm I talk, want I'm, more. More you know, Robin Wright. More I'm Robin talk, Wright. I'm talking, I'm talking about Artemis. No. The other Am- oh the other Amazon God, yeah. that was nearly Wonder Woman. Um, Again, uh, she has besides, to besides Diana. Well, that's the thing. I thought, I thought this would have been the perfect place to introduce her. And I thought by showing us this, this no, would that would have been a huge pothole. Well, now then, now I know, you know. But I, I was hoping. I was hoping. I was like, oh, I'm watching this thing. Like, oh, they're gonna do it. Oh, they're gonna do it. And they didn't do it because they, they make a point in the Justice League movie because unfortunately mm. those um, timelines are connected. Mm. That she's 
been by herself for a long time. So where would a extra person have been? Where would another Amazon have been all this time if she had, if in present day, she's been alone for years? Mm. I mean, maybe we'll find out in Wonder Woman okay. 3, but I mean, we needed more Robin Wright. That's all a, I need to would say. Would make a better time to introduce like an Amazon sidekick or some, or like bringing like Donna or Artemis or any of them Three would probably be a fine time to do it because you've now set up Diana as she is in modern time. Now you can bring in a sidekick and a new character that you can get to know. Um, but no, we're reintroducing Diana and where she is now. Yeah, that was kind of a shame. But the story here is Diana Prince, she lives quietly among mortals in uh, the vibrant, sleek 1980s. Woohoo! We got, we got day glow. We got all types of relax, don't do it. And Frankie goes to Hollywoods. Man, everybody living it up. Cocaine, dust is everywhere. And Yo, the era of excess. <laughs> yeah. And driven by the pursuit of having it all. But now that she's that she's she's fully realized her power, she's living life using her knowledge of the past, her abilities outside of just like the strength and stuff. And basically, she's carved out a nice life for herself. You know, all her all her superhero stuff is incognito. At her day job, working for the Smithsonian, one of her coworkers, played by Kristen Wiig, Barbara Minerva, performs a close relationship. Yeah. Max Lord, um, aka the Monkey's Paw. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Max Lord in this was a conglomeration of a few different characters, as kind of was uh, Kristen Wiig's uh, Cheetah. An iteration technically, of there's Cheetah. been more than one Cheetah. I we mean, she kind of looked like a bootleg version of Cats. Cheetah. I know. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I watched it. I was like, "Am I watching?" Uh -uh. Cats? No, no. I See? saw Cats in theaters, and I'm just gonna go out there and say, "Cats wish it looked that good." Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, cats, cats was, wish it looked that clearly have not seen cats. No, <laughs> I clearly <laughs> have not seen cats. That's why look. I suggested cats. When we meet Barbara Minerva for a while, this was Barbara Minerva's story. And I got to say, her story's sad, man. These people suck. Is yeah. it though? I mean, Yo. she just needed some confidence and some coffee, and she would have well, been I good. Mean, that's it, it, exactly. Danger, and it's funny because again, this is like when, like what I said before the show about the two movies we watched this week, kind of connecting in weird ways. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how our obsessions and insecurities can consume us. For some reason, the, uh, everyone else treats her horribly just to emphasize these traits. I'm just like, yo, I know, you know several why? people with these same quote unquote failings and they're fine folks. They're good friends. They're nice folks. How come in this world they live in, she trips and falls, knocks over some papers and everyone looks at her with disgust like, ah, oh, look at Buff, please. What is this? Stepping over and get it together, Barbara. Like, help, help this woman. Maybe I mean, they didn't the see her because she they were hot. What? Cocaine. That's kind of the what? thing. Like insecurity manifests in real life in how people treat you. I say that as a person who has been sat one multiple times in public because people didn't see me. Society wow. disdains this woman for- It's not, it's not like, a right disdain, it's an ignoring. She doesn't yeah. even matter. It's she mattered to me. I mean, she looked- all right, well, then, that's all right. the point. She feels like she doesn't matter and that she doesn't really even exist in the space she occupies. She was very accomplished, but she didn't feel like she was because she looked at someone like Diana and continuously compared herself and went, oh, I'm not as pretty as her. I'm not as charismatic as her. Instead of utilizing her own personality her own talents she shrank into herself that's why people don't notice her that's why she doesn't leave an impression with people the person who hired her barely remembered who she was because yo i would have yeah, she that woman's life like weren't you in sonic the hedgehog you better calm down i was on <laughs> snl i make real money you better take your man i would have roasted her <laughs> Like she, her, her character is sort of like a manifestation of like all you don't, all of what you don't want to happen happening. Like all, all of what she didn't want happening. Like all, she didn't want to be like ignored. She wanted to be like uh, Wonder Woman. She wanted to be like Diana. And, but the thing is, is like, she was too busy comparing herself to others that she didn't realize what her own sort of like her own sort of value and Diana was trying to make her realize, like, at the beginning when they went out to lunch, like, she's an important person as if she, like, actually looks inward on herself and doesn't compare, constantly compare herself to others, she'll get, uh, she'll become, like, a lot stronger and she'll be, like, a, a 
better person for it. Uh, she's already a good person. Like she like, remembered the name of the homeless guy in the park. How many people bothered? Yeah, that was like super nice. Yeah, they had a relationship. You can tell they had like a the many first times she brought him food. Yeah, like yeah. she humanized him in a way that most people don't do for homeless people. So mm. like she had such good attributes and it even is pointed out to her later in the movie she's like what have you given up you and and the first my first thought was that she gave up humanity she gave up the warmth in her heart for power because she didn't think who she was was worthwhile let's get into that part of the conversation it seemed to me like they presented wonder woman they presented diana as this uh woman who's built herself up in society and through her own fortitude and perseverance and confidence that she's been able to get a higher position in life. She's She's got better relationships with people and she's showing strength in those situations and coming to the rescue of those who are lesser than her. On the opposite side of the coin, when uh, Barbara gets those same traits from her making the wish, it seems like the movie makes empathizing with her the wrong thing to do, content warning. There's an attempted rape of Barbara in the park. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, comes up on it. Now, when she ends up in that same situation again with the same dude, I'm, I was on her side when she retaliated oh, yeah. against this dude. And from the movie's perspective, that's like the that was the wrong thing. We're supposed to not. Yeah, no, that was that was the right thing. No, I'm, yeah, it was. I'm I'm saying it definitely was the movie. It is and seems it to imply that it's the wrong thing. And okay, so what are your thoughts on that? Ab Abby, let's go to you. You've been uh, kind of reserved. Yeah, I mean, like this, like the scene where like uh, Wonder Woman is like saving her from like this man in the park. Like she's like obviously like shaken up by the event. And so she's like wanting to change that. Like she's saying like, I don't want to be like this anymore. And her sort of uh, retaliation later on in the film, like with her, newfound powers like is just sort of like hey i want to get back at this guy because not only was he a creep but he like made me like even like he made me a lot more reserved and i don't like the people people like him shouldn't exist and her sort of mindset with like how she dealt with him and how she dealt with like she could have dealt with it and like because she's losing her humanity it's one of those things where like when the uh, homeless man comes up and is like, she's like, she just totally ignores him during that time. It's like a totally different person. And it sort of like goes to who she is and how she's changing. Her character sort of changing from the helpless person being saved by Diana versus beating up the per beating up the man that was trying to attack her and ignoring the person that she would talk to in the park is like just core progression. Yeah, I think she I had mean, a really realistic reaction. Also, <laughs> like then most of the time nobody helps. But sure. here's the thing: she mm -hmm. the the reason why you're not supposed to sympathize with her in that moment mm -hmm. is because she's crossing a line between justice and revenge. Mm -hmm. She's there's a point where she's just hurting him because she can not not to escape, not to stop him. She's just punishing him because she can't. And she's also at a point where she's now worlds more powerful than he is. There's nothing he could possibly have done to stop her. Just like there was little she could have done to stop him. Sometimes turnaround ain't fair play. I don't like, know, man. Me, I just realized, like, yeah, yo, you almost raped this woman, and I think she deserves the, I don't know, beat you. She deserves to be punished. If your life isn't so bad, you know. Yeah, well, he, uh, yo, he got punished, all right. Hold on a second. Okay, it's children you mentioned. Let's talk about Max Lord's son. Pa Pablo Pascal plays Max Lord, who's this infomercial <laughs> guru guy. Uh, yeah, he's, I'll teach you how to get rich like me. Uh, yeah, dude, those used to be a lot in the 80s. Yeah, they are also full of snot. But yeah, uh, he plays a dude who's got this oil slash real estate scam. Well, I'm buying land that's rife with oil. You can get a piece of this. And his son is this figure that's supposed to, I think, to be maybe his moral center. Like the one thing is like all his ambition is ultimately so he can come back and be a better father. But yo, that kid was just there to every now and then, hey. Remember me? I'm half Asian. Gotta go. There was <laughs> nothing in his caricature. Uh, Pablo Pascal. Yo, first of all, Pablo Pascal. You're right. Is everywhere. This but is the way. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I, did, I didn't like him in this. I, did, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like him in this, yo. I, I like the. What? I like. I like the man as an actor. 
I thought he was chewing up the scenery left and right in this. I, well, I mean, like, then you have to blame more the director on that because- Oh, I, I definitely do. No, make more, make no mistake. No, they, there is plenty of blame to go around. <laughs> Um, I'm guessing no. you like so nice. Oh, okay, okay. This okay. was so the best DC the movie I have seen in 2021. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, cards on the table. I had a lot of problem with this. I think the best performance came, and this is just a complete. I think the best performance came from Chris Pine, and awesome. that's not yeah. something sure? I should be able to say about a movie that's not about Chris Pine. It's not called Steve Trevor. It's called Wonder Woman. And and I thought Gal Gadot was not used as effectively as she could have been. Uh, I'm very impressed with Kristen Wiig in a non-directly comedic role, but I thought a lot of the stuff they wrote for her didn't really give the character enough agency to be more than a bunch of villain tropes or early stage villain tropes. The, almost a cartoonish form, you know? It's like there's missteps it's left and right. I'm like, this, this could have been dope. Yeah, but that's the director's fault. I, I blame the writers, and I looked into who wrote this. So, Effo, let's talk about your your, your overall opinion of Wonder Woman 88. 84. Man, I mean, besides Chris Pine, everything else was just kind of like, why? Like, to me, it just felt like Wonder Woman could have easily just found a guy, had sex, and then she'd probably be, feel a lot better. I don't know I don't um, know how, how, good, how, how good Steve Trevor's slinging it, but for 70 years, she's just been like, no one will ever be good enough. No, no, never, like no one will ever. Now I see why I she know. brought him back. And I just want to say, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Like him being able to explore so, the entire city. Like, and then also, him. how he got back. Like he looks like another person. She oh, yes. But she doesn't see that, but everyone else does. So yeah, she, she so wishes she him back to, to. She wishes him back from the dead, and he's inhabiting the body of a different person. So, like, if he had like a, if the other person had like a girlfriend, he would have to figure that out. If like the other person had like a day job, and during those several days in which like Steve Trevor, or like the period of time in which Steve Trevor. Can't oh, okay, Steve, focus, focus. Use your um, words. Tell him why you're mad, Abby. Yes, I but the the fact is like Steve Trevor's sort of like body ha probably had like a job or like a life, and like I mean, now he's just like what did he do? Was he, what what did Wait, what was what it again? Say? He talked about what his vocation probably was because he had been like rifling through his apartment all day. Yes, probably was, but we don't know exactly. But like, 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 we don't like know what if he was a teacher? He like he like he went missing for days married? from his job. He could have got. I don't think yeah. it was that many days, honestly. It was the eighties. You saw how many different types of outfits he had in his closet. Not just outfits, different types of outfits. Wait, so those... what if he was? What if he was a gigolo? You know, wait, 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 and wait, what wait, if he what if he was a gigolo wasn't getting tested regularly, and then and, and, and she she's out, there, she's out there smashing left and right. Yeah, they had a full montage. Yeah, I, I remember the montage, montage. But, but I thought that was like her buying outfits and wait, did she yeah. buy this or was that there? No, they were in the closet. Mm -hmm. Yo, yeah, okay, he, he so was, can we? Was a gigolo, okay, that's what we got Abby is right. I, I take back my whole statement. This movie. <laughs> made me a hundred percent question the logic and the, the direction and why couldn't you just bring back the dead body and just reanimate it or what like yo this is this is a skeleton like, by there's now so many plot holes within this story that oh, i have to shut off no my body. brain what do you got? oh what yeah you got? there was no body in the first true. movie yes there was no body but if everyone else's wish kind of manifests itself everyone else that made a wish even though it was a monkey's paw situation, it manifested itself from pretty much nothing. Why is he the only one that needs to inhabit someone else's body? Because that That's creates true. That's why I said like weird body for him. Like the, 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 the whole Wonder like woman's body, like you know, life force or something like that. Like you know, so and also body and life does... force. The body and life force. He ain't Afura. Why was she just leeching Wonder Woman's power? There's a lot of random lies that don't really matter. There is. Yeah. I looked into I looked into the writing of this movie. The first movie was written by completely different people. And okay. Zach and Zack Snyder. This had a different team and Patty Jenkins got directly involved in the writing. And I, I'm just like, you know what? Your strength of directing. Why did you take up the mantle on this one and say, you know what, I've got some things to input? Because or, or, it, it felt like a badly written comic book movie to me. That's or, the that's the bit what's up, Ethan, man? Or, I, can't, I can't even finish the sentence. What's up? Yo, I just want to say this. Or mm the writing should inspire you to want to write something better than what she did. Because I think you two assume I can do that. 
exactly. Right? Like, like that's so, not like writing a screenplay is not supremely difficult. But okay. But see, yeah. she was so bad at it in this movie that it, it inspires me to write my own screenplay about no. Wonder Woman. All right. Now, uh, one of you brought up a very specific, a very specific and very poignant point uh, before we got started. Steve Trevor been dead since uh, World War One. How he know how to fly eighties planes? Yeah, like I don't know how to fly eighties planes. I don't know how to fly any plane. I don't know Good how to that. fly. I'm um, going to I assume. I assume there's a bit of a difference, as in they had like three buttons and they did three things and they were very flimsy as planes were only invented like 10 years before but then in the 1980s it's like planes have been around for 70 years or 80 years or whatever they have improved the steering radar and all of the buttons like there are like different buttons for different things that planes now have like the landing gears like the lights on the planes like and the like the intercom there are a lot of different buttons that weren't on planes i also want to throw out that the plane they got into was a jet now the whole, even just just the whole concept of g-force that people have to train for and not pass out when they when when, when like the, that full speed hits them and Steve gets in like now hold up I flew biplanes I got this <laughs> or uh, and what's what's up what, what's up before you got an explanation for this too I'll let you I'll let you go no 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 you are chopping at the bit to get this out or, you interrupted everybody I just want to say on this show at least once <laughs> look because Steve was absorbing Wonder Woman's life force right and the body he inhabited of that person. He used the mind of that person with the Wonder Wonder Woman's life force in order to understand what to do to fly the plane, and thus was able to take off and have absolutely no problems. Okay, it, it was actually in the story. All right, all a Abby, Shayna, I'm I'm very impressed that y'all are able to maintain the timbre of your voice with the much hot air that's coming from uh from from Ethel's window there. That reach but, is longer than the neck of a giraffe. But you are filled with more gas than the hidden. No, I think some people. I think we're also begging for there to be too much sense in essentially a realm of media that was originally created for children, which is essentially fairy tales. So I, I don't know. Like I feel like I don't need it to be perfectly to real life. You're right. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk real quick about. Um, I, I didn't. I, I didn't dig Max Lord's Max Lord portrayal in this, but I know a lot about Max Lord the character, and that they've revamped him several times in the comics. Now he wasn't always a villain. In fact, he was one of the he was one of the dudes who was just kind of a corporate CEO jerk that bankrolled uh, the Justice League for a while. Introducing him as Pablo Pascal, I, I was really excited to see uh pablo pascal play a different type of villain where it's like we got wonder woman and she's not just fighting uh the 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 the, the primary villain you'd expect it's somebody who's lesser known in the dc universe you know this is like batman taking on clock king in the next movie and not a, a, a reiteration <laughs> of the joker you know it's like a, a random that can be used effectively and i was anxious to see what they did with them I still was underwhelmed by his character. I didn't know what to expect from the film. I thought it was going to be more of like, I thought like the main antagonist was going to be um, Christian Wiggs character. Um, and just sort of like her and like her and Wonder Woman going at it and just fighting. But like with, with the Wishmaster and his character and being like a failed sort of salesman type person that was just like I want everything it, it just didn't do it for me it just wasn't that good of a the villains weren't up to par or wasn't what I was expecting yeah it did seem like he he in that role should have been kind of the quintessential 80s villain he represents and he kind of felt like an 80s that villain. Time. well he's supposed to be an 80s villain but right. he was supposed to be the quintessential like the businessman and business becomes the villain he's kind of like a meeting of the two thought processes. Whereas now we tend to have more sympathetic villains because most people do have a reason for the things they do. And, you know, just the greedy businessmen. So I think they were trying to mesh those two ideas. Which is ironically, that should have been more evident in Kristen Wiig's character, in the Barbara Minerva character as Cheetah. We, I think we're meant to feel more for her. Uh, she's somebody who's been kind of stepped on a lot in life, and this was her opportunity to step up and say, "Hey, I'm a I'm a person of value. Notice me." 
But if only she had done that in a healthier way. When she's like, I want to be an apex predator, and then they got the CG also, Okay, now see that I part. I have a problem with the apex predator in that she turned into a cheetah. So a cheetah? are not apex predators. No, they're Thank not, you. They're... Thank Okay. I'm trying to be goofy with it and nice, but man, this movie really hurt my head logically, and I had to shut off my brain what? at moments that were just like, what? Well, tell, <laughs> but, tell, it, tell but about back that to right character. there. Tell, no, tell us about that right there. Tell us about what the whole. How's the movie hurt? You are killing me. Yo, this, you this movie is like frustrates me to no movie. end. Like, all right, I'm gonna. Can I just that. go? I just want to give it a thumbs down because it's like, yo, this movie hurts. This movie. <laughs> all right, what, this, what, what, this movie of like the the whole wishes, the aspect of him wanting to take the power within himself, the whole aspect of doing whatever he's doing for the kid. Like, yo, yo, you got the money from the hustle. Just take that and go. You can take your kid. You be good. <laughs> but if even but the money comes with the wishes. There's a strong message about hubris in this that I think was kind of overshadowed by all the other negative stigma that the movie brought on itself. The concept of him becoming the wish stone, that's what happened in this movie. There's a stone that you make, that people make wishes on and it has a negative effect for each wish that's granted. When Max Lord makes himself the wish stone and people wish on him and he grants their wishes, there was a there, there was a powerful message that could have been presented there, and I think the movie completely missed. But, but they mark. didn't. Yeah, and also like they have a wish stone that can grant any wish, but like it's the law of equivalent exchange. Yo, this is Full Metal Alchemist. Over. Yeah, I literally was about to say that. I was just thinking like a sorcerer's stone or a philosopher's stone or whatever you want to call it. Why can't it just give you this. what you want? I know, but neither does the wish stone. stone. Don't you say? That's the whole <laughs> point of the movie is that you can't get something. Yo, man, at this point, have it all. You just have hopped to in and he should have just said when Guardian yeah, Nebula like, saw. Like, and, this and is not Harry Potter's entry is not written by a trans hating rich person <laughs> okay this all right well i mean we don't know if this one was either but you know all right well, well somebody's this... real public about that opinion all right <laughs> okay so my my the final point i really want to i really would i really just want to get a quick opinion on because we've gone way over time is yeah. the final fight scene that looked like a dance choreography like they were just literally in the air just twirling at one point I, I agree i didn't like the fight the final fight with cheetah it shouldn't have been in the air that fight should have been on the ground because that's <laughs> where cheetah is the most deadly that yeah, that part yeah, i did like wasn't swinging through electric lines and stuff you know what oh. it, you know what it felt like do you remember uh man of steel when they had the fight the fight scene that we couldn't the fight scene that we couldn't see because they're in the yes. air, it's like the, in the air, there's a very specific way you can film fight scenes where it looks cool. They didn't do that in this movie. Everything they presented looked to me like, it looked like they ran out of budget. It looked like uh, <laughs> they we, spent we, we it can't afford Kristen Wiig for another, for another couple weeks. So let's uh, CG out this thing that ultimately doesn't even look like her in I mean, like a transform she's supposed to look like a cat person so i don't know how much <laughs> like her is so okay good. this is this this and this one part of the movie is where i actually agree with effacutioner that cats look better than this movie <laughs> when you see her the close-ups of her face i recognize rebel wilson in cats as that a movie cat. was hard i don't right? recognize kristen <laughs> oh my god i'm that's all that's all i'm saying but oh, shana what did you think of right? wonder woman in her tin plated armor i actually like the armor I hate the armor. You like the armor? Uh, I, I liked it. You want me to be what? upset because we have cool looking I don't, armor? I don't, want, I don't want to be upset. I want your opinion. Largely for me, I was fine with the movie. I did not dislike the movie. There were a couple parts of it that I didn't love, mm -hmm. but as a complete unit, it didn't bother me. It was largely inoffen inoffensive. Was it like, oh my God, I'm gonna watch this movie 10,000 times now. But it's fine because I've lived through an age of terrible female-led superhero in action movies and this wasn't that i want to watch Resident this wasn't catwoman this wasn't electra this well, wasn't supergirl well, this wasn't was not that bad that was awful and you are lying to yourself you were just looking at halle berry's titties anyway <laughs> i 100 percent agree with that statement i take back what i said <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Okay, so Wonder Woman. <laughs> so I give it a thumbs up. Just me. I'll All give right. it. I'm saying uh, Okay, Abby, how about you? 
<laughs> uh, there were many plot holes with the, with this movie, but I'll have to say a thumbs up. Just overall, it was a pretty okay movie. <laughs> All right, uh, Executioner. Yo, this movie was a thumbs down. It hurt my head. It gave me a headache. I had to shut off my brain after a certain while. I feel like that wasn't that hard, but okay. Yeah, it really wasn't. After a while, when I turned it off, I thought the movie was amazing. I think this movie would be a great drinking game, or if you had some weed, you'll have an amazing time, you know? Yeah, I'd be tripping. Like, I'd be so confused. I'd be confused regardless, but, like, I'd be even more confused. That, but you'll love it. It definitely inspires a lot of conversation afterwards. I have... I have a lot of good things to say about the movie and I have a lot of bad things to say about the movie. I honestly feel that as much as I love Chris Pine as an actor, I, I, I dig his body of work because it's not like extreme in either direction. It's just like middle of the road, not offensive. You know, like if this dude steps his game up, I can see him being like a Tom Hanks. He's largely inoffensive. And give him about 10 years and he's going to show us some real stuff. But he should not be the best part of this movie. And I think he was the best part of this movie. And that comes on top, it comes on top of uh, poor use of Gal Gadot, a lot of overly hyped, the whole concept of Wonder Woman losing her abilities and then gaining, regaining them when it's convenient for the story and then losing them again when it's convenient for the story. It seemed very, it seemed very convoluted. I'm not reviewing by comparison, but the fact that I know that they can do better made this one all the worse. This was a film that the filmmakers weren't taking seriously. It's just disappointing. I got to give it a, a huge thumbs down. Hey! And, and, and here's the thing. It's just like, all the, all the I was, Y chromosomes gave this movie a bad review. What are you trying to say? You I'm not honestly, it a bad movie because of her. I'm giving it a bad movie for the plot. The honestly, if and, that's and how if written. that's how you choose to look at everything no, I just, just said. It's just very convenient. That's no, how it, I, like, all of the criticisms that Pat just said are, like, I do agree, but, like, overall, like, I, like, this movie did not do well. I, I had, I, it didn't do as well as I thought it would, like, it wasn't as good as I thought it would be, but it was still pretty good considering all of the sort of, like, setbacks that a lot of the movies have faced this year as a whole and just like like overall like i just seeing where this movie and where um and where like the rest of the franchise will take off is going to be really interesting especially with the cameo at the end like what are they going oh, no, to go I, with? I want that I want Where that. are they going to go with that? Like, I, I want to know. I want her just to show up again. I want her to meet I her. Know. I don't care. I just want to see it happen. You know what I suspect? I suspect we probably won't see her again. I read an interesting article on the backlash that this movie's been getting, and I made a good what point backlash? in it made a good point in the idea of effect. Now, the fact that a lot of people got to watch this through streaming at home because we're in a pandemic right now kind of takes away from, I think, one of the original intended effects the filmmakers were going for when they write a movie like this. And that movies like this are meant to be seen in a theater on a big screen. If I had seen this in IMAX, right from the jump, that initial Ninja Warrior-esque uh, competition scene would have had me because it was... It looked amazing. It would have looked amazing on the big screen. You got bright lights. You got colors. You got action. People flying left and right. And I would have looked past a lot of the stuff that I'm taking more of a very specific view of now. So I think it would have affected audiences differently. It definitely would have affected me differently had I seen this uh, in a theater on a big screen rather than at home. I think that's fair. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, that makes sense. Education is important. Like, well. Christopher Nolan feels like part of the reason why some people, a lot of people didn't like Tenement was because most people couldn't see it in theaters. And it's like, that wasn't the problem, but- nah. That wasn't the problem, but no, he, he's right. He's right. Lot, people wouldn't have liked it, but they would have felt a little more, uh, a little more forgiving uh, towards it, I think, because it would have looked amazing. Tenet yeah, was- It still no sense. No. no, no. It makes no. sense. It was a feat of engineering. We're, we're not in the right mindset to understand. No, it, it doesn't. It's too that now. That's a movie that's too convoluted. So I All agree. Right. All right, the movie is Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I'm genuinely surprised at the very specific mix, but Abby Better was like, Justice League. I, "No, I, 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 I get what's happening here." 
and then I felt bad. It's in theaters and available on home streaming. Check it out at your own risk. Better than Man of Steel. It is better than Man of Steel. It is better than, <laughs> yes, well, that is correct. We can at least agree on that. And now let's talk about Soul. Now, this is the new Disney Pixar movie about Joe. Joe is a middle school band teacher. Uh, For time. Oh, part-time, yes. He's a part-time middle school band teacher. His life isn't exactly what he expected. He's trying to, he's been trying to be a successful studio musician, successful stage musician, successful musician in general for a long time. Now his true passion is jazz, um, which is good. He's good, he's damn good. Um, but then once his big break comes around, also life says, ah I mean, that's so, his fault. That is no. Yes. Yeah. That was life's fault. No. So the movie. Look at where he was going. He was. He was to a manhole. It was. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that in a second. But the movie. <laughs> the movie actually takes place uh, when he travels to another realm. His spirit or his soul, if you will, uh, uh, travels to another realm uh, to help someone else uh, find their passion, just like he found his. So he soon discovers what it actually means to have a soul. Now, Shayna, you just made a good point that I want to start in on. Let's hear your opinions on soul. Soul, man, okay. With with no holds bar here, I really liked soul. I um got to watch it with my family and Though my kids are huge suckers and usually cry um, at Pixar movies, they did not cry on this one. They were actually left just feeling kind of really good at the end. And I raise mean, these children to be cold, yo. <laughs> hey, oh yeah, but um, <laughs> whatever. My kids are my kids can be quite cold, buddy. You don't, you don't, you know, they're mean, no. but they're lovely. Um, I've met they, their mama. We, 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 yeah. All right, continue. Sorry. Prepare them for the real world, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like we said before, um, Soul is about a guy named Joe, and and it's all about him not wanting to move on to the next stage in life. And it's funny because it's very much how he is in his actual life, like even beyond his death experience, where he runs from the great beyond and ends up in the place where souls are created called the great before which is yeah like that that's good yeah that makes sense um which is really really cool and i also kind of like the way they illustrate it with the great beyond is like and abby you might know of something better isn't that like similar to how like um they say the Jewish afterlife. Like, Literally, with with my understanding and how I was learned um, what the afterlife was, was when you die, you die. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> there enough, is I no heaven. There is people. nothing. You just die. The only thing back. you have is your memory. <laughs> and it's sad. But that's oh, just how it be. It just... That's just... It, it, that just it, it's just like that sometimes. It's kind of like... <laughs> But like, I like how some people like. Yo, my soul um, just got hurt off of that. Characterized yeah, yo, it, it like just got real. Going bleak. back into the energy you came from, like if everything is yeah. like circular, you go like you came from the energy, you go back into. It. Yeah, it's like um, uh, yeah, like in in Judaism, it's like we come from the earth and we're gonna go back there when we die. Like we're gonna get buried. We're gonna you know like like ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I guess. I mean, like the word for like the word Adam means of the of the earth and it also means of man so like the word Adam itself literally just translates it's to that so like but I like now. that idea and like because they show because they show the souls go to the light yeah. but it's not but it's almost like they just become part of it they don't yeah. think there being a life after death more than that you just go back to the energy of the universe. I'm genuinely yeah. impressed how y'all That's why Joe's character sounds terrifying and ran. No, I'm, yeah. I'm putting this rock. Keep, keep going. No, no. I'm, I'm part I'm, of the live stream. Okay, that's cool. I'm genuinely impressed that y'all spent a good five minutes badly describing all of a minute and 20 and 20 seconds of this movie. That is Fair enough. Joe but ends up on this escalator. It's one of those things that comes back the entire movie because the, the threat of going to the beyond is always there for him True. and every time and he doesn't like, want to die yo i don't want to die he doesn't want to also like <laughs> may I add that the actress who plays terry in this film is also one of the sort of like um is one of the sort of like a like a 
right-hand uh, people to Jeff Goldblum's character and and uh, um in the third Thor movie, mm. she played the uh, one of the people oh, that <laughs> not Valkyrie, but the other woman who was oh, by the, Jeff well, um, the very uh, the very like the stoic looking. one with yeah. like the spear or something. She played the Grandmaster's like assistant or something in the uh, in the third Thor movie. So I, I recognize the voice. Yeah, and she also played the uh, Moana's grandmother as well. So I just couldn't, I couldn't get that out of my head when I heard her voice. Um, it's one of those things. The voice work, the voice cast in this was dope. I, I gotta it say, was. yes, I'm really happy it's, with it's the people voice. you know. And I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't struggling to not hear the person. You know, like Jamie Fox plays Joe. I wasn't hearing Jamie Fox. I was hearing Joe. Yes. You know, Tina Fey plays Twenty Two. And I, I, didn't, playing I, didn't, I didn't hear from Tina Fey. I was hearing 22. You know, it was it was really well done. That goes the direction. Also, I wanna I'm glad that when the movie points out as Joe is in the after the excuse me, excuse me, the 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 before. Um when he points out, yeah, um, why do you sound like why do you sound like a middle-aged white woman? <laughs> Yeah, that, I like, thought that was she's like, I like that she said, I, I like that 22 said that they used that voice because it annoyed people. I, yeah, I it was too. just the, uh, it was just the best thing. It, it was so funny. It's like, why do you do this? Because I can. <laughs> I had a good time. I had a good time in this. I was afraid that when Joe goes to the afterlife and then for, to the before and his, uh, we, we meet 22, who's, uh, we can tell is going to be his sidekick throughout this movie, that I thought it was going to be a reverse magical Negro situation. I thought it, I thought it was going to be, I thought that too. <laughs> but because 22 has no race because they've never been born, that's, that's what stops that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 22 has no race and we could not plaster any race on top of that voice. Also, like the... Like, again, they use that voice on purpose to be... <laughs> yeah, remember the most... Middle, apparently middle-aged white women... And also, like, the relationship yeah. between Joe and 22 is that of, like, a friendship or, like, an apprenticeship. Like, he's exactly. sort of, like, an apprentice. Like, although, like, although, like, 22 is a, like, technically an unborn soul and, um, like, she's lived or they've lived or whatever. Um, it's Tina Fey, so I don't care. It's, um, but, like, uh, like, 22 has been alive more as a soul for, like, thousands of years. So, like, or existed, I guess, for thousands of years. So they know about the Earth and, like, all the, from, like, a bunch of different well-known people. Conceptually, and, too, which was, I thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a nice yeah, hook. I thought that was nice. And just sort of like when they, when 22 goes down on Earth, um, like for the sort of first time, they realize like, oh crap, like this is actually kind of cool. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of like, about the first time reaction and Joe ends up mentoring 22. I thought that was really slick because the whole con the whole thing about 22 has never lived, but has been around much longer than Joe, yet Joe has actually lived life on Earth. He's got that experience. And, but the okay. thing is, is like, he didn't appreciate it as much as he thought he did. Mm -hmm. no, I don't think a didn't. lot of us appreciate life. That's, I, I feel that's like that's a point. point. And I'm, it I'm took 22, it yeah, and it took 22 to say like, hey, hey, I like giving parts of my bagels to street musicians or taking a whole bunch of lollipops from the barber. Yeah. I mean, Yo, like, first, can, me can, we, can we just say, can we just say for, for a quick moment, like, how pissed was that dude, was that street musician in the subway? <laughs> yeah. I thought he was mad. Yeah. He was like, huh? Come on, this ain't drop half their, half their uneaten lunch in your, it's like, it's like, it's like, yo, I got, I got, I probably got kids to feed. You gonna sit here. I'm surprised he ain't throw it back. That's what I'm Also like, eat, and also like the, it's like the, the childlike innocence of 22. And yeah, no, um, I love like that. that type of innocence is sort of like, that type of trope is like sort of well known in like a bunch of like films and stuff like oh like in like aliens that come to earth like oh what does this do what does that do like what happens when i press this button like she she 22 didn't want to be there but like made the most of the situation that she was in i love the i love how she just well they just kind of got in the wonder of it all like 
they were just like I, I just and to be fair that is something that's not always easy to pull off in any um piece of media to really show the one somebody have wonder of the world around you what you yourself would find pretty damn mundane but to see someone be like oh my god this is awesome i think that's also why curse pine works so well in wonder woman because he pulled that off like <laughs> The world is so wonderful. I knew it. Like, I was going to tie that in too. Yeah. Um, it's just, it worked. And it worked so well. And yeah, I just appreciated it every moment. No, so did I. I am, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that we finally got uh, a, a, a protagonist uh, I, in, in a movie. Okay. In so a world that has more than like two or three black people. And they're not yes, all, uh, they're not all coons. Yeah, I know. I was very surprised by that. I was like, yeah, and like, I, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, they didn't make a big deal out of it either. They were just Ooh. like, yeah, this is life. And he's making the most of, like, what he has. And it's awesome. Because I thought it was dope. Finally, a piece of media set in New York. And there are people of color everywhere because... New York is a very diverse city, but you watch something like Friends, and there are no colored people. For seven seasons. Or seven <laughs> I just want to keep emphasizing that for people. You don't see any African Americans for seven seasons. Mm. They're going to throw out Aisha Tyler on you, city. That makes no sense. Mm. But it happens in media all the time. And here, nice what it would actually look like to walk down the streets of New York. And I kind of appreciated that as well. Yeah, one of, so one of the, I, it's one of my favorite things. One of the things that actually made me super hyped about the, mu- uh, about the movie was the music. It's and, so good. Awesome. Oh my God, it's, it's so <laughs> amazing. And when I saw the first trailer for them, I was like, I the first trailer had a song by my favorite band who are actually native New Yorkers. And... Um, I, uh, their song, uh, it's called Overture and they're absolutely one of my favorite bands. They're called AJR and they're these three Jewish brothers that live in New York City and like, they're like, a lot of their songs are very much like, live life to the best of your ability. And the fact that like they, that, uh, Disney and Pixar decided to do, use their music for the, um, not in the movie, but just in the trailer itself was like a huge step up for them. Nice. Um, I, they're band close to my heart because they're just like, I, all of their music is absolutely amazing. And so I was saying like, hopefully their music was in it and it wasn't, but I was still super glad. I was like, the music in this show, in this movie was beyond my expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was about jazz, but like, it was it was so all- beautiful. Yo, the jazz was incredible, though. Jazz was yeah, dope. Everything was Yo. experimental, like, improvisational music, and I just really, really, like, thank you. This is what, <sighs> unlike what, um, what's that movie? Um, La La Land seemed to have been put This is what jazz really is. It's near- this formless, like, thing that you can bend into so many different shapes mm-hmm. that you can express so many things through. It's not yeah. any one variety or type. When they described the concept of finding the zone. Oh, as, that was one of yeah. my favorite moments of the movie. The Afterlife. <laughs> yeah. Between like the, the, the subconscious uh, a realm where your mind goes when you're just there and you're just taking in whatever it is that move, whatever it is that you live for. You know, if you're about that music and you're in the zone, your consciousness is there. That was, I love that. I did. I also that people who meditate and do acid also get there. Yes. <laughs> so or, also like, you're just spinning a board. Yeah. Movement. It had to be some hippie dude. It had to be some hippie. No, it's it's like even better. were asking so- me what that meant, and I was like. I can't explain this to you right now. Let's um, just enjoy the movie. <laughs> it's it's even better when you realize that um, Moonwind is is played by Graham Norton, and if you yes. do not, yes, and for those, he's he's a British television host. Um, kind of, um, he's like, he, um, I've seen a lot of his show because like uh, a lot of well-known actors like. Um, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, Peter Capaldi—all of them have been on their sh- on his show, and he's he's an absolutely um, his show is absolutely hilarious as well. And just like his voice with Moonwind, just m- like made it that much funnier. Yeah, 
I, I, I enjoyed him in this. I enjoyed everything about this movie. It's a thumbs up for me. Oh yeah, um, big two thumbs up. Shana, what, 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 what do you think? <laughs> she said two thumbs up. I get big two thumbs up. <laughs> it, All right. It's a really nice movie. It reminds me how much just the awesome job that Pixar does and why they've been like leapfrogging over Disney movie, other Disney movies for years. Like they really know how to get to the heart of a message sometimes. And, and that's why Disney bought them. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want it, but you know, it happened. Yeah, beat them. You don't have to tell like it is. The same. So it's like they, the writers at Pixar really seem to understand how to convey their message and meld it well with just fantastical animation because the making a world that essentially is an abstract thought be made you know kind of tangible is quite the feat and they excelled at it in every every scene and I, it was just such a good movie mm -hmm. execution what are you saying man this movie really it really moved me. I'm, I got to give it like two thumbs up, man. Like there are just so many favorite moments. Like I, I think the move, I think the the moment for me that really got me was like the barbershop scene when like 22 gets into oh the chair God, exactly and like just they're all spinning that knowledge and like even the dude that was like being disrespectful ended up being treated and he was like you know even he had to admit like man maybe I'm hating because my life is kind of you know such a terrible experience too after he left oh but, but it was true though like he gotta accept that truth but I think the the greatest moment for me was just the fact when uh, Moonwalker was coming up and then like 22 and Joe were just sitting there and everything was like you know it was like it was that time to go but it was just like, you know, 22 and Joe's body's just like looking up at the trees and, and like that leaf just came down and it was just like, you really care, don't you? Like, you yeah. really care. Like, all this hate talk that you have for the earth, all this blah, 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 and all these other people that kept saying like, oh, you, you wouldn't like this, you wouldn't be this. It, it was just like, yo, you really care. You care about being here. And it wasn't the music. It wasn't the you know just it, it was just really the mundane things the things that we just take for like we all do and it's also like nice. walking just like, like <laughs> i just, mean just enjoying life dude. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a movie that yeah, yo first of all it's a, it was a thumbs up for me it's a movie that gives you a positive feeling when you leave it and i'm like there's coco which destroys you there's toy story toy story to toy story 4 which destroy you and then there's a movie like this which i walked out well i didn't walk out i was at home watching safe yeah, walked out distancing but I, I i was just having a good ass time i'm like yo this is fun as hell i want to go play some jazz now and i don't even play well, right. was the dude, I was all looking the at my ukulele the... in the corner, like, oh, I should, I should practice. I want to big up bass guitar now, like. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, I used to be able to play piano, and I still like know a few things, but like, I, I can probably play three notes consecutively without messing up, and like that just wants me to learn how to play four notes consecutively without messing up. Like. Well, <laughs> all right, so, so yeah, soul, it's uh, positive. Um, from all of us, it's playing right now and streaming on Disney. Uh, they bit my phone. The Yo, movie Soul. The movie Soul. <laughs> thank you. The movie Soul. It's uh, available now on streaming on Dis on uh, Disney Plus. And dude, it's a positive review all around. Highly recommend you check it out. And we are out of time. Test yeah, yeah. I want to thank Abby. Thank you. One thing, executioner. Let the music just take control. I want to thank Shayna Shay. Oh, thank you. And I want to thank you all. Minding you, if you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Also, dude, find us online. Go to the website and see all our reviews and good stuff at geek-down.com. And if you're around, you've got some time, explore the various ways we offer. Check out the full site and experience at villains.wtf. But until next time, be excellent to each other. Peace. Follow your passion to the right behind. <laughs>